Welcome to the Gossip Podcast with Anthony Goss. Triathlete, teacher, coach, and all-around humble individual. Live streaming to the BRT athletes and audience around the world. The Gossip Podcast is designed to inspire, motivate, and educate you on all things triathlon training and racing. Because we know you just can't get enough of it. So, wherever you're listening on a ride, run, in your car, or sipping on a cold one in a jacuzzi, settle in and please welcome your gossip host, Anthony Goss. This podcast is in no way endorsed by Beckworth Racing, unless it's an absolutely cracking episode, in which case we'll happily take the credit and full licensing rights. Welcome to the second Gossip Podcast. Today's guest is someone that we all know and love in the uh, BRT community. She is an inspiration to many within the group as well. She goes about her training and her racing very well, and we'd like to welcome Kim Dickerson, or as she is known in the BRT group chat, just Kimbo. How are we today, Kim? I'm good, thank you, yourself. Good, thanks. Now, we're going to just have a chat about you know, how you got into triathlon and things like that. But let's start at the beginning. Where were you born? I don't, if you don't want to give away your age, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't mind. I was born in Nil, which is halfway between Melbourne and Adelaide, um, on 7th of March, 1967, so I'm 53. Oh, jeepers. You don't I look know. it. Thank you. That's why I like you. <laughs> <laughs> now, Neil's a small country town. I, I kind of know where Neil is because I... Did a couple of years in Cassidon, which is pretty close by. And I know that a few other members live or have grown up in around that region as well. But can you tell me what it was like to grow up in Neil and in a small country town, really? Like this was the 70s, so we didn't have, you know, um, after-school activities like they do now. Like we went to school and we came home and there was netball and then there was football or cricket, if you know, or a boy, but, you know, there was nothing like that they do today. So it was a whole different, a whole different era. They're very lucky these days. Did you play netball or um, probably netball more than anything? Yeah. Tennis? Oh, yeah, I wasn't very good at tennis. But, yeah, (laughs) played netball in the wintertime for Doreen Kayata. For who, sorry? For Doreen Kayata. Oh, nice yeah, you don't even know who they are. <laughs> no, no, I don't. <laughs> That's uh, okay. Did you, and you went through your whole entire school life at Neil, or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, to year 12. There was not, you know, year 12 was, a was we had like maybe 12 kids in our year 12 class. So it was, compared to the schools these days, it was really small. So I finished in 1984, was my last year at school. Well, that was the year I was born, kid. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so 1984, what did you do after school? Like, I'm quite surprised, like, back in, I know when my mum and dad, they were well, probably the 60s and 70s, they finished high school, but they didn't even finish, get to the end of high school. So did you, were you looking at jobs at that stage or did you go, want to go to university or did you go straight into a career? Well, I had to stay at school until I found a job. I didn't find a job until after year 12. But after I finished year 12, I went and worked at the local truck stop, which I loved. It was a great job. Night shift was really good. And then I got an apprenticeship as a chef at the local hospital, so I worked there for four years um, and at the pub as well, so I had two jobs. And then I finished that and decided that was enough. Let's move. And where did, where did we move to, Kim? We moved to Geelong. 
Yes. And then we moved to Adelaide in 93. For two years. Yep. Moved home again. Moved back to Geelong again. Yeah. So you've been a, you were a chef for that whole entire time. Um, I know we all know that you work at Woolies at the deli there. Yeah. But uh, you were a chef for 25 years? Yeah, thereabouts. And, Ever uh, since I left school, yeah. So, and you worked, as you said, like the truck stop and then the hospital. Yeah. Um, and you worked at the, which pub was it in Geelong as well? The uh, at Winchelsea, no, at the bottom pub. The bottom, oh, but it asked the bottom of the pub. The bottom pub, yeah. People bottom. will know where that is. Yeah. yeah. It's, not a, it's not a bad little pub. I think I've been there once or twice. It was good. When my kids were little, it was really good because Graham could look after them while I went to work at night time and then I could take them to school and pick them up in the, during the day as well. So, yeah, I worked there for 12 years. Working in a pub or as a chef is not a... It can be not very healthy for your lifestyle either. It's very demanding hours too, isn't it? Especially as a chef. Yeah, Really anti-social hours. So, like, while you, all you people were out having a great time, I was at work cooking <laughs> your dinner because you didn't want to. <laughs> so, from there, you moved to Woolies. Yeah. You've been there for nine years now. What yep. do, you, do you enjoy? Oh, no, I think you do enjoy working in Woolies, don't you? Oh, I don't want to chat with all the old people. But, you know, the hours are really flexible and I don't work weekends anymore, which is the first time since I left school which is really great. Like, it's fantastic not to work weekends or nights or anything. So, yeah, and the hours are flexible. I can take time off whenever I need to and, you know, and obviously at this time my job is secure. Who knew working in a supermarket would be a secure job? So there you go. But I like it just because it's close to home and the hours are flexible. Yeah. You know, yeah. yeah. So let's get into, you know, we all know you for your triathlon adventures and you're doing an Ironman in 2019. Yeah, so I forget what year it is some days. <laughs> but I think a lot of people don't know why you got into triathlon and, you know, all your trail running adventures as well. So that's I really like to have a big chat about that and things like that. So when did you get into exercise and why? 2009, Run Geelong was my first ever fun run. It was like 6K, I think. And because my friend Colleen said, let's do it. And she knew I was on my bucket list and I'd just recently given up smoking. Yeah, smoking, for people that don't know, how much would you smoke a day, Kim? I was a packet-a-day smoker. I was a really heavy smoker. Yeah. For people out there that know you now, I think some of them would find that quite surprising. Yeah, well, I don't know. I guess so. <laughs> I suppose, yeah. Yeah, no, I was a pack of a day smoker so, and decided that I had to, like, change my life or otherwise I was going to end up dead. Yeah. And I had things to do. And, yeah, my friend Colleen said, do you want to do this fun run? I was like, sure, why not? And, yes, <laughs> the rest is history. The rest is history. Yeah. So you, you did the that um, fun run, the run Geelong? Yeah, what did you do? the whole way. <laughs> That's not much along or an event no. if you like to run. It's either, it's either raining or stinking hot. Yeah, it was raining. What did you do after that? So you went into running and uh, yeah. lots of running events? Was it yeah, just? Yeah, Kim. Do you say? Yeah, no, there was lots of running events, you know, just sort of, and done some other um, gym work, like with Geelong Boxing and Obstacle Training, done some stuff with them as well and, you know, like, just gave everything a go. Like, I thought, how hard could it be? 
Some were harder than others, let me tell you. But generally, it was, um, was fun, just because we could. And um, what was your... What was your probably your favourite event? Like I know that you've done a couple of runs around Geelong and the and the community, so you know down at the Great Ocean Road. You've done one City to Surf as well. That's quite yeah. A- that was that was great. Everybody should give that a go. It was yeah. fantastic. Like eighty thousand people running that event it was amazing. That, that's yeah. that's massive. 80, yeah. But you you kind of moved into so you did a lot of road running, so half marathons and things like that. But you moved into some trail running as well. Yeah, so, I'm not sure why we tried done that, just because it was there and we gave it a go. Yeah. And what was your favourite trail run that you've done? Uh, probably Lara Pinta in the last couple of years. That was was pretty good. Now, for those that don't know about Lara Pinta, what, can you give the listeners at home a bit of a rundown about it and, and just, you know, just talk about your adventure and doing it? So Lara Pinta is a four-day stage race through um, the McDonald Ranges in uh, Alice Springs and Glen Helen out that way. So um, each day was a different different um, distance. So the first day was a night run. So we'd done the short course, which was 11, 20, 30 and 16 Ks each day, but there is a longer course, which is like more um, marathon distance. So the first, the first day was a night run around Alice Springs. That was really good. Then the second day was 20 Ks, but that 20 Ks took me four and a half hours because the elevation was like a 1,000 metres. So it just <laughs> was not much running, a lot, of, um, a lot of climbing over rocks and, you know, the, some of the trails you sort of have to stop and have a look to make sure you're still on the trail. We had no maps. We had no, um, there was no tags to tell you where to go. There was just, because the Lara Pinta is actually a um, hiking trail and anybody can do it. Yeah. So you just have to make sure you're looking at put the little triangles up there. So you had to climb over rocks, like scale the side of a mountain. And, you know, the track was like 12 inches wide and try not to fall off and um, yeah, it was, and you had to make sure that you had enough water. They wouldn't let you go through the next stage if you didn't have three litres of water because you could get stuck out there and you, they can't just drive the car in and get you. You have to track in and get you out because you just can't. It's just like really isolated. So that was really, that was, yeah, I really enjoyed that. So that was day two, yeah. That was day two, yeah. Yep. So day three was 30 Ks. I would have been cooked after day two. <laughs> Oh, you just get up and do it again. That's what we trained for. I can't even remember where day three went, but uh, that was much easier. And then day four was 16K, so, you know, still still you know 800 metres worth of climbing and stuff like that. But you could, it was, yeah, it was really cold too. But And they'd had a fire that went through there. It was near Glen Helen, which is maybe 100Ks outside of Alice Springs or a bit more. And um, so it was like a bit like running on the moon. Really interesting. Yeah, it was like desolate. No trees, no nothing, because it all burnt down. Wow. Um, Everybody should do it. It was great. Yeah, yeah, it is quite a a unique event. How did you train for something like that? I entered every trail run I could find. Like the um, the Yu Yangs have a really good trail running festival in July. 
Um, so I'd do the, the 21 on the Saturday and then back it up with the 30K on the Sunday, just stuff like that. And just, um, yeah, just kept entering every trail run I could find for like three months. I was so sick of trail running by the end of it. But, um, yeah, that's what I've done. Just tried to back it up every weekend. Just yeah. so it was not fast but just consistent. And you spoke about um, only you had to carry. So what was your nutrition like while you we were doing, like we were out there for four and a half hours, what was your nutrition like for that Lara Pinto run? Because it can be quite hot, can't it? Yeah, that's why they hold it in August because it's not quite so bad. So, you know, maybe mid-20s. So, but you, the, the aid stations were great. They had lots of cake and um, lollies and stuff like that. And they always what made... Sort of, what sort of yeah, aid station? Was, and so they tick your name off when you got there. So they made sure they were everyone was accounted for. And um, But we had, you know, lots of three litres worth of um, liquid, lots of lollies, lots of um, gels and bars like that. Yeah. We ate a lot when we got home. <laughs> and because it is in Alice Springs, did you drive there or did you fly there or how did you? Yeah, we drove. We had a driving holiday. It was great. Then we went off to Ayers Rock for a couple of days and had a look around, moving around the rock and, yeah, went to Cooper Peedy. Yeah, we had a holiday of it. It was good. And that's that's the best thing about some of these events too, isn't it? You can really make a holiday out of them instead of just going and doing the event and coming home. You can you can drive to these sorts of things and make a whole Yeah. And like Rapid Accenture ran the event were great with their logistics. You know, you could, um, they would have a bus that would take you out to the start point and then you could get on that bus and they'd bring you back to Alice Springs again because they never, they were not around the, like they started in one point and ended in a different point. So you couldn't drive your car there and then get in your car and come back home again. But yeah, so they, you know, supplied a bus and all that sort of stuff. It was, um, yeah, I, Everybody should give it a go. Oh, I think a few people should put that into their calendar when we can go. They and, should. When we can yes. go and do things again. Yes, it's certainly on my calendar again. Not only that, have you done lots of trail running? You've done a few Spartan races as well. I think a few people wouldn't know that about you either. You did speak about uh, doing gym work and things earlier, but yep. you've done a few uh, Spartan races as well. Yeah, they're really hard. They're one of the hardest things I've ever done. Really? I don't think, yeah. Oh, they were for me. Because you could just, like, swing across monkey bars. Like, kids are really good at that. But have you ever done it? It's really hard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, like, lots of upper body stuff that, that obviously, it was hard. Like, I could do my 200 burpees at home for free instead of paying. Because if you didn't get an obstacle, you had to do 30 burpees. So, oh. you know, you had to, like, climb up a rope and all this, get over, like, a 10-foot wall and all that sort of stuff, and it was pretty hard. And then they had another Spartan, the one that was in Geelong, the Urban Spartan. Yes. That was at Kidinia Park. Yeah, I've done that. That was that was easier, but still decided that was too hard for me. I was too old for that. <laughs> You're never too old, Kim. Yeah, yeah, for those. So we'll move on. So you, you have done a few triathlons in your life. We all know this. Yeah. When did you first begin triathlon? I remember the exact date it was, but the, I remember doing the first one 
Um, it was one of the active feet ones. It was so exhilarating. I can still remember, like, I had one of Graham's old bikes that he'd found and it was like an old Marvel Star race. It was far too big, really heavy, but it was so exciting to get on the bike and, like, got across the line. It's like, oh, I can do that again. It was like... I can't believe how exciting it was. It was. I don't know what I came. I don't care. It was just really exciting to do. Yeah. Uh, for those um, listeners out there, the active feat is the usually the the Brooks mm. Triathlon now. I think it is oh, okay. the, the, the little mini one before mm. the two times you race, the big two times you race, and that was put to be about 200, 300 meter swim. Yeah. Seven k. It's a long way when when I didn't really swim very far. <laughs> <laughs> Your swimming's come a long way, Kim, so you should be good. Right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> and you did that with your friend Colleen as well because Colleen yeah. and Paul. Yeah. yeah. We've we done all these things together. It was like, let's do this. Like, sure, why not? How hard can it be? Yeah. We've done the, um, the Great Otway bike race. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 145Ks. We learnt the value of training that day. <laughs> We we rode our bike for like an hour beforehand. Oh my god! <laughs> like it took us eight hours. We were done, done and dusted. Oh, that's hard work. That's a long way. A long way. We got to Anglesey, just cried the whole way home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had this sad wagon just follow us in. I didn't know it was going to be that hard. We were just riding our bike. <laughs> Nobody told us this stuff. Like, didn't tell us about chamois cream or anything like that. Oh, God, it was hard. So I train really hard now. <laughs> yeah, well, everyone knows you train very hard, Kim. Yeah. So you, you completed a few active feet races. And then, yep. uh, you, as you said, you were going down watching Geelong. Just thought it was... Um, we could do that. What you know, everybody else could give it a go. So I thought, you know, when I turned fifty, that was my goal. Was my goal was to do a half Ironman. And uh, my friend Colleen knew Adam from Brisbane Primary School. She's a teacher's aide there, and she said he's a good guy. Let's go with him. We are. We were a great group, but we still are a great group. Yeah, that was. It was very much smaller than it, than one, than what it is today. That's for sure. Yeah, yes. What about when we were used to be in his old garage? There was we tried to yeah. fit the seven of us in there. <laughs> but yeah. it was such a it, and it still is such a great group to be a part of. So you completed the half Ironman in 2017 in Geelong? Yep. Can you tell That's us about right. Yeah, tell us about your lead up, your training for that and the lead up and uh, and actually the day of the event as well. And what was going mm. through your mind, nerves and things like that. A long time ago. Um, I just trained really hard, I think. Uh, I just worked really hard. And um, on the day, I was so nervous. It's like, it's just, you know, the, the swim was, like, really nerve-wracking. And then it rained. Like, we had every bit of weather you could imagine that day. It rained. It was a howling headwind on the way back in in the last lap. Hail, there was hail at one stage and then there was sunshine. It's like, oh, my God, it was, it, was, it was exhilarating. I can still remember coming across the line. It's the most exciting thing I've ever done, or one of the most exciting <laughs> I was going to say. Yeah. yeah. So and you, went, you went on from there, so you did 2018, Geelong, 2019, Geelong as well. 
Yeah, took like from from the first one that done to twenty. Oh no, to this year, twenty twenty. I've taken off fifty minutes off my time. I'm pretty happy about that. That's amazing. Did you yeah. do any, any other triathlons in between those, or not not big ones, but just like the the two XG series? I've done all those. Um, gave all those a go, and well, I've done Horsham one year. Yeah, um, there's uh, a fun event. You are speaking to the race record holder here, so. <laughs> Uh, I came fifth last, but still won the age group because there was no other in my <laughs> age. Done it, but. So I got paid for that. I wonder whether that makes me a professional athlete now. Well, just so for that, that financial year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd, I'd done like bow and heads. Whatever was going, I would go and give it a go. Yeah. And yeah, it's those smaller country races like Horsham and even you could say bow and heads, they're such fantastic events to go and do, especially for beginners and not... And people that like just going and racing, there's not that pressure to... Yeah, and, like, it's a little bit of a different vibe, I think, about it all, isn't it? And swimming in the river is so different to swimming in the ocean as well. Like, you just don't get the buoyancy in the right. river that you do in the ocean. Not that I didn't know that. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, no, it's good. Then we're going to move on to probably what you regard as your greatest achievement. Mm-hmm. I really would like you to go into depth about this day because there is some great footage of you on the run as well mm-hmm. that we'll, we'll talk about. But you completed the 2019 Ironman Australia at age 52, 53? Uh, 52. Which is a great achievement for anybody um, at any age. Oh. But let's talk about So when did you decide you were going to Ironman Australia and what was your thinking process in regards to this? Oh, I heard Adam, Adam, you know, what he's like, in my ear. And everybody, I think everybody had come back from doing um, Ironman Australia the year before and were talking about it. So I thought, well, what if I could do that? So I crunched the numbers, you know, got on the computer and saw what I'd have to do just to get finished. I was like, oh, I had to swim like a 3.30 per 100-metre swim to finish it in time. But oh, even at my worst, I'm not that bad. And, you know, the run and the, the ride, I crunched all of those. And I was like, mm, I could do that. I can do that. I can be out there all day. That's all right. And then Adam had said, I think one of his friends may have passed away or something, and he said, you know, life's really short. You should do, you know, just give it a real think about it. Like, you know what? I'm going to do it. So there you go. So I signed up. I signed up before I told anybody I was going to do it. Yes. And it's like it took a little while to to hit that button, I was really nervous about it. But once I done it, it was... that's that's the biggest issue with some people is that they they say they're going to do it, but as, as soon as you enter an event, you know, you, you're going to do it. It's yeah, that, it's that final. You know, you put your credit card details in. You're sitting there going, as soon as I press this, you know, it's a, a thousand. It's a thousand dollars in a thrill. Yeah. How close to the event did you enter? Or were you a year out or? Oh, I entered like, I don't know, 10 months out or something. Yeah, I entered really early. Gives you plenty of time to process the whole of the training and things like that too. I I needed the time for the training, I think. And so what did your training consist of? (sighs) Lots of swimming. Um, and you know the usual riding and and um, and running. The running was okay because I'd already had a bit of a an endurance background, so that was all right. Um, the riding just tried to get stronger and and um, just tried to improve 
every day. The swimming would just dumb my head in. But anyway, I ended up swimming much better than I thought I would and just, you know, there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into that day, that's for sure. A lot of tears, yeah. <laughs> there were some days I just would cry, just don't talk to me because I just need to get through it. <laughs> You, yeah, that's, that's, I think that's what find, uh, people find about you, Kim. You just, you just get it done, even though you're, yeah. I, I do know that you do sometimes are fighting that internal battle. But yeah. you, don't, you don't show it. You just get it oh, done. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, I think yeah. that's why a lot of people look at you and look up to you because they, they know that you just go and do it. Well, I've paid for it. Like, <laughs> I'm going to have to do it. <laughs> yeah, I like to dot the I's and cross the T's. And, you, and everyone knows that you are really consistent with your training too, which helps. Like as you just said, you cross, cross the T's and dot the I's. And I remember Nathan saying one day it was all about consistency. He said, "Just show up. Ninety-nine percent of the time, just show up." He goes, "The rest will take care of itself." So as long as I showed up, I was okay. Being part of such a big group too, because that was probably our biggest group we ever sent to an Iron yeah. Man. But that means the flow-on effect from that is that everyone's training for it as well, all together. Yeah. And that would have been yeah. a, a great help. Yeah, I rode with, like, um, Tamara a few times, which, you know, I got to ride with people whom I would never ordinarily ride with. So, you know, it was, yeah, it was really good. And I really like, um, I, I like the group sessions. I, I like being nice, yeah. Yeah. So heading into Ironman Australia, which was in May 3rd, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Was that May 3rd this year? I can't remember. It uh, um, uh, doesn't matter. May the 5th, I think it was. Yeah, there you go. What was your lead-up week? Were you nervous? Talk, like, talk about your lead-up week and what was going through your mind and, you know, those little things that people might not know. Oh, we, drove, we drove up to Port Macquarie, so just had a road trip, so that was really good. Um, what did I think? I'm not sure what I thought. I thought I was pretty nervous. And then, you know, I would get all these messages from everybody to tell me, you know, that I was going to be great and, you know, do a good job. And I was really, really felt out of my depth because, like, I'm just some middle-aged housewife giving it a go and, like, everyone's so amazing. Oh, my God. Um, But anyway, I just plugged away and just kept turning up to these to these training sessions that we still had there on the day, the rides and stuff like that. And, yeah, um, yeah, just, like, try not to think, try not to overthink it because I think if I overthought it, then I just would have freaked out and not done it. No, that's not true. I still would have done it. I just would have freaked out. <laughs> and, you know, my mum said to me, my mum messaged me, she goes, now, if you're not feeling very well, just stop, won't you? Like, yeah, sure, mum, whatever. <laughs> Come on, There's mum. no way that that was never going to happen. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I always get from my mum is what What are you doing? You need to go. Get <laughs> <done>. <laughs> no. So, the day the race was on a Sunday. Yep. What time were you up? What time did you get going? And uh, I don't know. Well, actually, sorry, we'll go back. Sorry, we'll go back. So yeah. It is a big festival, so you do have to register and put your bike in on the Friday and Saturday and. What was your what was the feeling when you because it is quite a big transition area and what were you feeling when you seeing all these people and yeah. uh, I felt like an imposter like what was I doing here like it was yeah it was like it was a, quite a bit scary on 
just putting my bike in and, oh, gee, I hope it's all right. And have I left anything behind? Have I remembered my shoes and, you know, my helmet and all that sort of stuff? Have I got enough food? And, um, yeah, it was, was yeah, was there's some beautiful people out there. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful bikes too when you get in there. You just go, oh, yeah, it's like, oh, my bike's a little bit piddly compared to theirs. Look at how great their bike is. Oh, I wish I had that bike. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a little bit of envy going on there, that's for sure. And did you get around to the expo? And it, it, For those people out there, doing an Ironman, it's not just the day of the race, it's the lead-up, it's the going to the expo and seeing just everything, isn't it? It's, it's yeah. It's not like your normal two times you race. Oh, yeah, no, I went and bought lots of stuff. You know, got my coffee cup that I use every day to remind myself how great I am. And, you know, you find your name on the on the, on the the big Iron Man thing. And, yeah, find your name on there. You know, bought my shirts and my T-shirts and all that sort of stuff. So it was, um, yeah, it was very exciting. Get my bag and all that, all that sort of stuff. So it was, yeah, and everybody's there for the same reason. It was, it was good. And how was Graham? Was he okay following you around while you were doing all this? Or uh, you know, he doesn't give much away, but he he <laughs> he's there, rain, hail, or shine. Um, but no, he's like more than happy to go back next year. Yeah, he quite quite enjoy quite enjoys it. Yeah. Um, and then so race day, you so got up in the morning, had breakfast. Yeah, what I would always have for breakfast, I made sure I didn't change anything like that. You know, I had all. Um, my bag ready to come with me and taped everything up and needed taping so I wouldn't chafe and, you know, made sure I had everything and and then, yeah, went down to the start and because we all had, you know, bright orange hats so we all could see each other. Yes. So that was really good. We all got, you know, changed into our wetsuits all together and everything like that and, like, I never had any nerves from the time I got up. I was, I was ready. I was ready to go and it was, yeah... Didn't feel nervous or anything. Just was ready to go and do my thing. And it's a rolling start swim, and so you got into the water and off you went. What was yeah. your? Did you enjoy the swim or was it? I did actually. Surprise, surprise! It was one of the best, better swims I've ever done. Like got onto somebody's toes for a bit, so that was really exciting. And um, it wasn't like where I was in the pack at the back. It wasn't too congested or anything like that. So, you know, got out at halfway over the pontoon thing and made sure I, like, took my time and said thank you to everybody. That was my plan. My plan was to say thank you to everybody, to talk to all the volunteers and everything like that. So, yeah, got over there, started swimming, come back the other way and said thank you again. And, like, it just broke that up a little bit like that. So, yeah, no, I loved that swim. That was a great swim. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> and you got out of the swim, and I think most people would have seen the footage of you. How excited you were when you got in. <laughs> I know. It's like, and I was like, shut up and just keep running. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it was, it was, it was really exciting. Like, who knew that I was going to do an Ironman, that I swam an Ironman? Yeah. Who knew that? That's what I thought. Yeah. Uh, and you got through onto the bike. Now, talk, talk, us yeah. about, talk to us about the bike and how long it took you. and. Oh, it took me, oh, I don't know, 6.50 or something like that. Was sounds like a long time, but it didn't really feel that long on the bike. Like I lost a few drink bottles along the way and stuff like that. But, you know, and Adam had said 
as a group chat earlier on just to stay on if you if you're doing the bike leg stay in the bike leg don't think about your run leg or anything like that so I tried to focus my mind back to what I was doing and you know made sure I always had water at the stations and all that sort of stuff and walked my bike up Matthew Flinders Hill because I decided that just getting up there riding up it was not the point of my Ironman. The point of my Ironman was to finish it all. So I made the decision to um, to walk it up, but I didn't. When I made that decision, it was a little bit late because I was sort of just had started up the hills. Like, oh my god, how am I going to get off my bike? So I went to the side and just like fell off onto the um, onto the grass. So people were like, Are you all right? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's okay, don't worry. So this is how I just my, my bike. Yeah. <laughs> well, I just thought about it far too late. So I got to the top and I've done that twice and, you know, what? Well, I'm still happy that was the decision that I made because I think it might have, you know, riding up that hill might have been just, might have took me over the edge and I might not have finished and I didn't want to do that. So, yeah, so, um, and, yeah, like coming back, oh, like I just, the whole way, so, oh, my God, I'm going to be an Ironman. This is so exciting. Who knew this was going to happen? So I have a chat to, you know, all the people. There's so many people on the side of the road, you know, 45Ks out, they're all cheering you on. So I would chat to them, say hello and, you know, all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it's good. And the aid stations are amazing too. The amount of volunteers. Ah, yeah. Yeah. really incredible. And yeah. you're so appreciative of the way how they help you out throughout the race. Yeah, nothing's too much trouble. And, you know, they call you by name, which is really... You know, it's really nice when somebody yells out your name and, like, people would yell it out all the way and you'd just go, yeah, thank you. Like, yeah, I would just acknowledge them because, you know, I thought that was what worked for me. That's the best thing about being happy. You, you Being happy through one of those races instead of, you know, being down because it can take the enjoyment out of it, can't it? Well, that, and that's why we do it and I think we all get a little bit... Um, caught up in all those numbers, isn't it? Yeah. That, oh, I should do this and I should do that. And in the end, that's not actually why we're doing it. We're doing it mm. to finish and have a sense of achievement. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you got off the bike, not you, yeah. fall off the bike this time at the this netline? Oh, no, no. <laughs> got off properly. So that was one good thing. Packed my bike, went into the uh, into the little change room things. They are great, aren't they? You've never <laughs> been in there. Who knew that I had somebody to help me get dressed? That was really good. <laughs> Put my shoes and socks on for me. And, yeah, the and then you go in there with a wetsuit and they strip the wetsuit yeah, off and you're like, I know. <laughs> and people are walking around with nothing on. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't do that, but some people, you know, they were, yeah, it's awesome. Um, yeah, so I got my shoes and socks on and all my stuff and then just trotted on out of there. And my family who were, you know, tracking me the whole way said my pace did not change for the whole marathon. Said it was just the same the whole way through. Like, yeah, just plodded along. I still ran a sub five-hour marathon, like 4.59. That's really good. Some people would be pretty happy with that, even as a standalone marathon time. So I was really happy. Yeah. And there's great footage of you running with Anthony Devlin. Oh, yeah, he was struggling a little bit that day, wasn't he? Into it. No, we're not going his way. And I just happened to come across him. So I stopped and had a chat and had a walk. And, and um, Adam happened to come along at that particular time. And here we are, just walking along, having a, having a chin wave. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, he got through it. So that's the main thing. 
Okay. Now, the, the best part is that final final kilometre. I felt like when I did Cairns, it's the the Cairns finishing. It's pretty much you run up a pathway and then you come down the finish chute, so you get to see your friends and family twice. Yeah. And that was probably one of my favourite parts of the whole day because you mm. knew you finished. And yeah. I've been a bit emotional thinking about that finishing as well. But what was going through your mind at that stage and things like that? Because it, and because it was a four-lap course of the run, that was great because you saw everybody, you know, four times, which was, was really good. Like, see all the Beckworth people there and, and that was good. So all I thought about was, oh, my God, I've just done an Ironman. Like, I was so proud of myself coming across that line because I'd decided to do it, had a plan, and I followed that plan. And, like, it just exceeded all expectations, that's for sure. Have you got your medal and your, and your towel? Yeah, got my medal and my towel and, um, you know, my T-shirt and all that sort of stuff, yeah. And the best yeah. part is, Kim Dickerson, you are an Ironman. I know. Who knew? Who knew that would ever happen? Like, it's just, yeah, it's crazy stuff. Like, and I was hoping for 15 hours. I thought, oh, I could do that in 15, but, you know, 13 and a half. Like, yeah. It's, it's amazing. You keep surprising yourself, don't you? I do, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. And you're yeah. going to go back this year to do it again? Yes. Why wouldn't I? It was, like, awesome. Hopefully I have just a greater time as I did last year. I wish everybody should give it a go. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Everyone should. I think it's yeah. just something that people, they you tell people the distances of the event and they go, oh, we can't do that. But I remember when my dad did his in Cairns in, must have been 2016, as a 60-year-old. He, he just said, he goes, I'm just going to treat it as a long training day. I'm just going to go out there and get through it. And yeah. watching, my favourite part of an Ironman is watching the people at the end of the day, at, you know, right yeah. up to the end. And you see, like, all these people, like, you know, the 80-year-old that comes across the line at, you know, 11.59 or something like that. It's like, and people say, I can't do that. It's like, but, but you, how do you know? You haven't even tried. Yes, that's it's, it. Yeah. That's, You've just got to give it a go. I think that's again why people really look up to you, Kim, because you just give things a, you give things a go. And as we've spoken about today, you know, your trail running and your triathlons and things like that, you you just go and give things a go. You have a smile on your face, even though you cracking <laughs> the shits internally. <laughs> uh, okay, <laughs> but you, you you go around happily and do things, and which is great. Yeah. Yeah, everybody should give give it a go. Like, you might not win, doesn't matter. Well, you probably won't win. But, you know, that's not what it's about either. It's just, yeah, you're a long time dead, aren't you? You are. And, and, you know, some people think the sport is for young, fit, beautiful people. And, you know, (laughs) (laughs) realistically, though, you go to these things and it's not that. Like... Those, those sorts of people are in the minority and the rest of them are just ordinary like the rest of us, just giving it a go. Well, that's true, but people yeah. don't see that, yeah. No, they only see what gets pushed out there in either the media or... Yeah. You are right. It's There's a lot of... But there's a lot of normal... It's a normal person event that anyone yeah. can... Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, that's for sure. And, you know, you don't have to do everything all at once either. I tell lots of the young girls, you know, you can have it all. You just can't have it all at the same time. Well, it's true, though. Like, oh, I've got to do this. Well, you know, just, you'll be all right. You're not dead yet. You've got plenty of time. That's right. Yeah. So we're, we're coming to the end here, Kim. Mm-hmm. Now, what is... You've sent me this beautiful list. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty long, isn't it? Yeah, it was really good, though. And this is, I think, at the bottom here, and this sums it up perfectly. Didn't really think I had done so much until now. And I think this yeah. is probably the best thing about this podcast that I'm trying to, we're trying to get going is that people can write down and what, go through their whole entire life and go, oh, I've actually done a lot. Yeah. Yeah, you don't sort of think about all the stuff you have done. Like, you know, you're thinking about what you've done today, but, you know, uh, yeah, like, you know, the Surf Coast Century and, like, run 100Ks and people are like, what? Like, yeah, I've done that and, yeah, I've done that and, you know. um, It's good to reflect back and see how far you have come. And I think we don't Mm. do that enough. We, I know I can be like this, that, all right, I've done it. I'm moving on to the next thing now. Where we we should really take some time to reflect and think about what you've achieved, and even celebrate with the people that have helped you get there. Yeah, yeah, and you know, it's all about um, making friends along the way as well. Like I've made some, um, you know, people I've run with, and you know, made lots of lots of good friends that I've run with, and see them at different events and stuff like that. Um, and, you know, sometimes it's just the way you catch up with friends as well as just go out for a run or a ride or something like that, yeah. And you've got a very supportive family. I've already mentioned Graham, but <laughs> Graham is very supportive, isn't he? Yeah, he's he's a bit of a treasure, isn't he? He's like rain, hail or shine. Graham's out there waiting at the finish line for me and he never complains or anything like that. But, yeah, he's really supportive, like, Sure, you want to come? Yeah, yeah, it'll be right. Like he's only ever not come to like one or two events, and it's been very quite weird without not having him there at the finish line. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, yeah. No, he's great. We spoke about uh, you joining Beckworth Racing. It wouldn't be the same without you some days, Kim. But yeah, you reckon? <laughs> <laughs> what do you find about the group that keeps that you enjoy about the group and things like that? I've been so many, like, different people, friends that I would never, ever have met in my life. Like, you know, um, obviously I'm much older than a lot of the other girls, so I would never have got to meet them in my social life or anything like that. Um, And, you know, they all inspired me to try harder because, like, I forget that I'm much older than them. It's like, why am I not as fast as them? And I have to remember that they're, like, 20 years younger than I am. And, you know, and I like... It's good to have people know your name while you're out on course and, and that somebody's watching your back as well. You know, there's been a few times that you've, like, stopped and made sure somebody was okay because they were not doing so great. And it's always nice to know that, that somebody's out there looking out for you as well. Yeah. Well, that's good. And it's a, a very inclusive group too, as you said. Yeah, well, you know, the age varieties goes from like Jacob and Otis who are quite young obviously to you know me and there's you know Mick and Alex who are you know much older and 
And yeah, all seems to work together, doesn't it? It does. And that's the best thing yeah. about it. Everyone gets along and has a good time, a bit of banter. Yeah. 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 So our final question for the day, Kim. Mm-hmm. You've written me this massive bucket list here. <laughs> Oh, well, you said, what did I want to do? I want to do lots of things. I know. Some of these I want to do too. Yeah. Is that a 100-mile running race? Well, yeah, I'd like to do a 100-mile. I'd like to give that a bit of a go, you know. Is there so, one, one that you could yeah. do? Around here? Yes. Yeah. And the unions. So they're hardcore 100. Is yeah. in, um, I think it's the same time as the running festival that they have up there. So it's like... They have a 20K course, so you do that eight times, but that course involves up and down Flinders Peak as well. So imagine doing that 20 times. No, no, thanks. No. I've seen them come down at the end. They're pretty dumb. Yeah. But, you know, give it, a, give it a shot. You don't have to run. You can look the whole way if you want to, as long as you get in before the cutoff. And what's the cutoff for that run? I'm not sure whether it's 24 hours or a bit more. I can't remember. And you, yeah, that'd be that'd be exciting. Yeah, that would be. That actually, yeah. again, it just seems like such a long way. But once you start going, and I think we're talking about we talked talked about this earlier off the uh, record. Uh, when you're trail running, it just doesn't feel like you're running that far. You're just plodding along, looking at the scenery. Yeah, it's different to road running. Road running, you're sort of not thinking too hard about it. But once you start trail running, you know, you've got to look where your feet are because otherwise you fall over and we've all done that. Um, you know, you've got to stop and climb over a rock or something like that. So, yeah, you can't just run mindlessly trail running either, I don't think. You've got to really concentrate on it. So, Kim, you've sent me this great massive bucket list of events and some of them I would like to do as well. Um, Kokoda's on there. But what is one of the greatest things you want to do on that list? What's the number one? I'd like to do the Camino, the Santiago Trail, 772 mile it is. I'd like to trek the whole lot. And that's in Spain, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. That would be very exciting. And a long way. And a long way. Yeah, and a long way. Yeah, I'd like to really do that. That would be really good. Well, Kim, I'd like to say thank you very much for having this chat with me and, you know, enlightening some of the BRT crew about your life and your achievements. And, uh, you know, as you've said, you've done so much, but it takes the time to sit down and reflect and have a, have a look at these things and have a chat about it to remember that. So I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thanks for listening to the Gossip Podcast with your host, Anthony Goss. For more great episodes, please visit our website, www.beckworthracing.com. And remember, in the great words of Coach Goss, do something.